Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 4 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Ryan Dalton. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Ryan Dalton. Everybody, and here it is. It is time for I on the hopefully healthy future. That's what we're going to be uh, chit chatting today. We got we got Mr. Jim Elkin. We got Lady Fontaine. <laughs> we're all here. We all got our masks on. We're all Purelled. Uh, we are completely ready to go. Day quill is running through our veins as we speak. Oh, there we go. Oh, looks like something. <laughs> Oh, stop. Excuse me a second. My throat's there might my throat's be, a mess. Yeah. I mean, hang up the phone. I don't want germs. Yeah, Brian we don't need to wear germs. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, guy? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, keeping Great. safe. Uh, keeping locked up. Uh, treating my house like a bomb shelter. Ain't nothing coming in. Ain't nothing going out, you know? You know what? I'm going to be buying. I'm going to buy those signs that say quarantine, do not enter. And oh, I'm, putting it, I'm putting it on my driveway and putting it on my front door and the side of my house. Um, I don't want anybody <laughs> coming to my just door. Just cover your house in a plastic garbage bag. Just have it all just, <laughs> just completely blocked off. It, it, it's well, better than I mean, a burglar alarm because no burglar is mean, going to break in. That is true. Oh, yeah, because I don't want to get sick. So, like, I'm going to steal a couple Heck stuff, no, but I'm also going to get the flu. So. No. Right. Well, I'm I'm armed here with the 380, so let them try. Okay. They'll get not only uh, um, you know a coronavirus, which I don't have, thank God, but um, you know fear of that versus. And um, let me tell you, when I took when I took the initial, um, you know, learning how to shoot the beginners course, I got a kill shot every single shot. So I'm wicked. I'm good in a video game, but not in real life, that's for sure. No, in real life. Well, I didn't shoot anybody. I'm good in the video games, but I I tried doing it at the range once. And my shot is way off. I don't know what the heck's going on with that. Well, you you really have to learn, like, you're dominant with one eye. And if you don't... um, you know, figure out which eye it is, like the, the instructor figured it, helped me figure it out. Then, because he said, now look with your left eye, and I was off about, you know, a half a foot. Um, but when I was using my dominant eye, which for me was my right eye, and then you have to line it up with those little 
sites, you know, those little dots. And Mm -hmm. I remember one time, one time I'm holding the gun and I said to him, I only see two. He said, uh, lower the gun. And then, oh, there's the third one. (laughs) You know, did you take any lessons? I mean, did, or you just went to a shooting range with not really knowing what you were doing? Yeah, no, just went to shooting range with my brother-in-law. Uh, he's a military dude. He was knocking on dead. And, of course, yeah. I went in there bragging. I'm telling him, you know, I play Call of Duty. I play all those games. And I'm like, I'm going to show you up. I even bought one of those zombie, uh, you know, pictures so I can shoot that because a bullseye, <gasps> that wasn't cool. I needed to shoot zombies. Uh, but, unfortunately, uh, those zombies are still alive to this day because I couldn't hit any of them. Please. Now, where did you get the zombie things? Because I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to get, like, something to do target practice with. Oh, they just had them at the gun shop. It was like you get to buy, like, the basic outline of a dude, or they had the pictures of the zombies, and I wanted the zombies so I could protect my family. But it looks like those zombies are going to come right in because I couldn't hit any of them. (laughs) I'll have to come and give you a couple of lessons, I guess. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I was even at oh one point. I still wasn't hitting the damn thing. I don't know. Well, once you get the knack of it, I'm sure you're going to be very good. But I figured I'd be very good at it. In fact, I told the instructor before the class, um, because I'm very good at shooting rubber mans, I always hit my target. So <laughs> I guess I just start, apply yeah, the same Start at skill. that level. Go, right. Go. Yeah. But do you know, I mean, in real in real life, if I was in a situation, I'd be so nervous that – you know, uh, who knows, you know, who really knows? I mean, and this sure. is a scary time. It really, truly is a scary time. Like, how are you guys dealing with this? Is everybody locked up, you know, in lockdown in your home? Everybody's locked up in my home. I kind of put myself in a bubble in a sense of I don't watch the news. I don't read anything about it. All I know is keep clean and you'll be all right. So I wash my hands at Purell. When Evan, you know, my little boy, we do bubble gloves. That's what we call when we got to soap up his hands. So we're taking care of that, but I have absolutely no idea what's actually happening in this world. I just know stay inside until they say, come on out, because why am I going to freak myself out? I mean, you would think sometimes they're, uh, you know, overhyping stuff. They're trying to freak you out. And if I do read one of them, I know I'm going to read another one and another one. By the end of it, I'm going to be freaking scared out of my mind so it's like just shut it down let's watch some tv let's watch some comedy movies and just wait until everybody's back doing what we doing before this nonsense well i'm (laughs) i'm envious of you because i'm a news junkie and i mean i freak myself out constantly and like i'm texting everybody say oh in pennsylvania this is happening oh in florida then i contact my friends in florida florida this is happening i mean i'm like uh, I'm free, forget it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I, I get an overload with this, so I envy you. And Jim, how are you sort of dealing with this? Uh, well, we had to close our business pretty much because you know we have to be in contact with people and and uh, breathing, you know, within six feet of their whatever, and it's just too risky. Somebody comes in. And and suddenly we would we would be able to uh, get a lot of people sick who probably wouldn't survive it. So so we just decided it's probably smartest for us to just you know we're gonna we're gonna close the business down until until uh, we feel it's safe to open again. So we're you know, we're in home. And, and we and, and 
and we were, about like, an hour ago we were watching the news and I made it made I asked my wife if I could turn it off because it was just crazy. <laughs> just I know fear it after is fear crazy. after fear coming at you, but it's you know it's overblown. I think I'm pretty sure it's overblown because you know I I took a motorcycle ride through New Rochelle yesterday and I uh, <gasps> got my voice had a voice lesson, and then I went all the way up to to uh, 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 Bedford. New Bedford and came back and had a great time. I didn't. I didn't buy anything. I didn't get off the bike after that. But uh, but yeah, it was fine. You went into New Rochelle to have a voice yeah. lesson. Yeah. Oh my God! I'll tell you, I I, I, I was it. like having a nervous breakdown going to the supermarket today. It was the first time <laughs> I was out in a week. Well. Um, the people, the, the guy who does my, gives me my voice lessons is, is, is pretty, pretty nervous, uh, fellow. So I knew I'd be safe because he's going to overdo. So <laughs> it's all good. Is he, ha- is he having a lot of clients come in? I mean, that's the thing, no, he's you doing know, all, he's doing most of his work is online. Oh yeah. See, that's perfect. If you have that, like I have that luxury and a lot yeah. of people that I know in healthcare right now, everyone's doing telehealth. Um, rather than seeing patients in person. So, you know, for right now, I don't know if it's overblown or not, but I would rather err on the side of caution than take any chances. Yeah. Now, I did hear, and hopefully you guys can verify, because this is stuff I don't know about, but people are saying politic-related. It's getting blown out, so it looks like Trump is the one to, like, he's hooking us up with cash right now. People are getting their time off. It's going to be like beaten and everyone's like, oh, my God, when we had the virus, Trump got us out of it. Is there any way that this is all like complete nonsense or is this actually like a holy, you know, holy Moses? Uh, this is like a real deal uh, plague or is it I mean, I've heard people say this is all just nonsense. Yeah, but that's wise. a con- but that's a conspiracy theory. Look at what's happening. Indeed. And we can't trust what China is telling us. But look what's happening in Italy. And look what's happening in Iran. And look at what's happening in all of Europe right now. And look what's happening to our stock market. Um, you know, I believe, uh, you know, well, first of all, let me say that um, for those who don't know that are listening to the show, I do have a blog on my website, um, ladyfontaine.com. And I think it was on March 3rd, um, I took an accumulation of a lot of the psychic impressions I was getting about, um, you know, different aspects of the coronavirus Um, for about, you know, a week or two before as things, you know, were being said, I was saying to my friends, "Uh uh-uh, wrong, it's this, that, or the other thing. And I said, let me take all these bits and pieces that I'm feeling and put it in, uh, into a blog, which I did do. Um, and I also say in that blog that, you know, don't use my blog instead of going to see a doctor. Don't use it as, you know, God's word or anything like that. Um, this is, a, you know, something that's changing on a minute-to-minute basis. But my point of even bringing any of that up is, if you do read my blog, um, there's another hidden blog that um, I only give to, I only give the access to certain people, um, but it goes into the political aspect of what I, who and what I feel is behind this. 
And one of the theories that I, I feel is, and I'm not saying um, who, what, when, or where on, on the air, because I don't want to be shot and killed by somebody. But um, um, I do think that there was a conspiracy behind getting this out there because of the timeliness of the election. And I actually feel the intent was not to make Trump look good because I think the people who could have been behind it wanted quite the opposite effect. But who knows? I mean, who knows? I also have another theory. I mean, there's two different things that I I don't, I'm weighing because I'm not sure which one is right. Um, That, you know, it was bioengineered and it was either let out by some wacko, um, you know, world leader or by accident. But, you know, there's a lot of details on my web, website for those that are interested. But, you know, this ties in so amazingly to the astrological influences that we're under right now. Um, on, I think it was January 12th, we started, um, we actually had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And I don't know, I, I really don't know that much about what a conjunction is. Um, Jim, you're a little bit more, a lot more knowledgeable on astrology than I am. Um, but can you tell us a little bit what that actually means? Okay, well, it's not just astrology. They use the same term in astronomy. and It, it means that one body in the sky is lined up very closely with another body in the sky. Um, so in, in our in our space, there's a thing called the ecliptic, which is basically the, the flat plane of the orbit of all the planets. It's really close to being in the same place. So they averaged it out and, and drew this kind of arbitrary line like the equator, but it's the equator of the solar system. And uh, it, it, our Earth is tilted of uh, 27 degrees, something like that, off of that center, off the ecliptic. So that's why we get the, the seasons and things like that. So, uh, But the planets all all kind of fall onto the ecliptic. So when Saturn lined up with Pluto being in the same spot in the sky online, that would be considered a conjunction. So I want to read to you a little bit about, I pulled this off of um, MauriceFernandez.com off of his website. And um, I was reading a lot of different um, interpretations of what this meant, but this one to me really nailed it. It says the Saturn-Pluto cycle occurs roughly every 33 to 38 years, varying according to Pluto's highly elliptical orbit. Um, This meeting of forces represents, among other things, the redistribution of power in the world, or in other words, which faction will make the decisions that affect the greater collective, whether this occurs in plain sight or behind the scenes. From a spiritual perspective, this cycle reflects a passage determining who is most qualified to be the custodian of resources and thus regulates who will be in a position of influence. And it goes on to talk about, you know, he he actually charted this guy, um, or I think I have two different website stuff. Somebody charted the Constitution and, um, you know, a lot of different particulars and um, it's just interesting how he looks at, you know, if it's a if it's a leader, or a president, a king, or, you know, whatever. I mean, and he actually saw that a lot of what is going to be happening 
in the upcoming, you know, cycle, which I read in one of these um, websites on the influence of this um, uh, Saturn Pluto, uh, or Saturn, is it Saturn Pluto? Yeah, cycle lasts yeah. about two years. But, um, you How know, many years? Yeah, two years. Well, the, the effects of it. And Can what's going to happen years? this year yeah. is that. Somewhere in, in my notes here, and Jim, I'm going to let you talk for a minute and I'll dig it up. It talks okay. about, um, you know, the different astrological things and the dates that it's going to happen. But you talk a little bit about what you were just going to say, and I'll look for that. Oh, well, I was listening. I was Every time you were saying how many years, it, it seemed like your microphone didn't work very well. So I was just wondering how many years this is supposed to last? All right, two. T-W-O. Two years, okay. Yeah, two years is the okay. influence from this. Yeah. And, so, uh, but they so the say reason, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You go. You go. So the, the reason they're saying that is because Saturn doesn't move very fast. It moves like once, uh, one full orbit once every 35 years. So it's going to be very close to, to, to Pluto for those two years because Pluto is almost stationary in the sky. So as Saturn's moving past it, it uh, it's going to take about that long to get to the point where it's no longer being directly influenced by it. And okay, what it says here, though, is that um, also from the MauriceHernandez.com website, that Jupiter is um, catches up to conjoin Pluto in the March-April 2020 timeframe, so that adds more momentum and drama to these influences. The giant and dwarf planets may seem quite different from each other, but both of them represent an aspiration for growth and prosperity. Jupiter-Pluto cycles work on both the material level, where they increase ambition for greater abundance and development, and the spiritual level, where they reflect a deep yearning for truth. But what really got me about this whole cycle is that... um, And I'm looking for it. (laughs) We'll just take a minute. All right, so there's something before this. Um, All right, so there was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction that occurred in October 1914, and that was around the outbreak of World War I. And it said this global conflict certainly reshuffled the power dynamics by dissolving the Russian monarchy and blah, 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 blah. Then in 1931... Saturn and Pluto formed an opposition in Capricorn and Cancer, and this defined an era that included the Great Depression, which started in October 1929, and also the Geneva Convention relative to the ethical treatment of the prisoners of war, um, which entered into effect in 1931. And then the next Saturn-Pluto cycle commenced in 1947, soon after World War II ended, and Germany and Japan lost military influence and dominance, creating a vacuum of power that drew in new new giants. And, you know, there was a power struggle between capitalism and communism. And and actually, there was the intensification of the Cold War, War. And that was, he says here, the Saturn and Pluto were in opposition in 1966, when the Vietnam War peaked, extenuating the division between the two, um, it says BLOCS. Is that an astrological term? 
B-L-O-C-S, so maybe it's a typo. Um, Must be. All right, so then 1947 also saw the division between India and Pakistan. Um, You know, and it goes on and on and on. And then in 1982, which is getting more into, you know, a time frame we might remember, it marked a time of economic recession in the world with the highest rate of unemployment in the U.S. since the Great Depression. It also marked the escalation of the Cold War during the Reagan years, um, later leading to the collapse of the Soviet, the Soviet, and it says again BLOC. So I'm not sure what he means. Oh, by the Soviet that. bloc. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, thinking that. That was just a reference to all the plan, all the uh, the, the uh, satellite nations, including Soviet Russia, the Soviet oh. bloc. So oh, it was all like, right. like you know Czechoslovakia and Hungary and all the countries that were part of the Soviets control during the during the cold war but they 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 said that the cold war started with reagan and i remember the cold war was happening long before reagan was even a right, movie it was, star it was with kennedy <laughs> it, i thought it yeah. started with kennedy exactly so uh, that was a little interesting to me but yeah but, but great well maybe that he's not you know up on everything with um history but i think he said an intensification of the cold yeah. war under reagan i see um, okay. And it also talks about 1982 was the year that AIDS, the AIDS viruses, was identified right. and reached epidemic proportions, which I have the chills, causing a slow yeah. and painful death. The fear of infection engendered deep distrust and caution in relationships, and blah 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 blah. Um, and there was actually. Um, I'm just looking for, because I don't want to spend, okay, this is it. This is the final thing I want to read. The 2020 Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Now, again, I don't know when he wrote this, but this is what it says. On January 12, 2020, Saturn conjoins Pluto at 22 degrees Capricorn for a single and dramatic path. With the Sun, Ceres, and Mercury within a degree, and the respective south nodes of Saturn and Pluto close to this degree, we can expect this cycle to have an exceptionally powerful effect from the year leading up to the conjunction, which was, you know, the year before, obviously, and approximately two years following it. As previously mentioned, this cycle is bound to stimulate significant geopolitical dynamics that will affect the distribution of power in many structures on a global scale. Angular aspects between Saturn and Pluto are also known to reflect pandemics and natural disasters such as seismic and volcanic activity. Bingo. So, Ryan, that's kind of like your answer. I think there's a much bigger hand at play here, and I kind of feel, um, you know, this cycle, I think, is kind of like a cleansing cycle in a way, even though it's a heck of a way to cleanse. But in the end, you know, one of these, you know, again, I have 30 pages of notes here, but one of them was really saying how, you know, you clear out the old and you clear out the stuff that doesn't work. And it's then becomes about rebirth. So I think there's a much bigger hand at play here than, you know, you know, the, so-and-so, the anti-Trump regime, you know, is making this all up so that, 
you know, uh, this or that could happen or the pro-Trump people. You know, I don't really think it has anything to do with that. I really believe this is a worldwide pandemic that we're dealing with that has a lot to do with this Saturn-Pluto cycle. I really do. But what I do want to say is um, since this is going to be affecting us for, you know, the next two years, and certainly most of us are in lockdown for the next several weeks, and it's going to be reevaluated, and we're probably going to be lockdown for a month, which I hope not. Um, I do have a special guest that's going to be joining us that's a lot more knowledgeable in astrology and doesn't have to read from somebody else's <laughs> website um, to give you the background of what this um, conjuncture really means and what some of the possible um, outcomes could be. And I really want her to focus not only on all this historical stuff, that I'm talking about, but also on the rebirth aspect, which is really, which to me really ties into the topic for tonight's show, which is inner child healing, because as we're clearing out all this old garbage, that's exactly what we need to start doing internally. But before we hit on that subject, I just want to ask, you know, Ryan, Jim, if you have anything that you want to either add to what I've said elaborate on or or ask questions on okay can i start i don't know that i could answer any questions <laughs> if you ask any don't make them hard no don't <laughs> worry um um i'm looking at uh, a chart of the saturn conjunct pluto 2020 event on 20, 12th of january 2020 uh, at 11:59, and it shows the sun pluto saturn and mercury all within two degrees of each other out of 360 degrees. Right. He said that. So what does that yeah. actually mean though? Why is that this so is called a, it's, it's, it's called a stellium and it's, it's kind of like, you know, a super, a super uh, aspect and all this, all of these planets, all of these bodies are all working in a very powerful and forceful way. So I'm not surprised that there's crazy stuff going on uh, because that, uh, that means that there's almost nothing going on anywhere in the sky because this powerful thing is all going on here. All these big important planets are all pushing around. And one of them is the the most powerful planet as far as long-term things and national things and world things. And that's Pluto, you know, revolutions and, and uh, uh, changes in, in politics and things like that. That's the kind of thing that happens under Pluto's reign. So this is, this is uh, interesting that this is going on at the same time that these are going on because uh, the, the, the disease is bad, but if you've been watching the stock market, it's worse and it's not going to get better because nobody's going to take any airplanes. Nobody's going to, you know, the restaurants aren't going to open up the places the you know, things are just shutting down all over the place. So this is, this is a lot bigger than just a, a virus. Um, and it's, this is the kind of level that Pluto would be acting on. And Saturn is the planet that is really, heavily involved in, you know, control, uh, 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 ruling things so that the, the right way, or how can I say this, uh, in, you know, law and order, uh, martial law even would be Saturn's kind of way of doing things. It's the, the, the planet that, that means it means that we're going to have to, um, it, it offers more rigidity. You know, Jupiter tends to be a little more fun and Saturn tends to be more like, you know, the controlling parent. Um, and so in this situation, 
who knows? Uh, something else, something else could be going on too. Um, my wife just told me that she got news that, uh, that the super volcano underneath of Yellowstone is actually pulsating right now. Lovely. So and I wouldn't, oh, might... if, that, if that, if that super volcano, I mean, then it's the, that's going to be worse than coronavirus. It just oh, yeah. is. You bet. Yeah. That'll be the, okay. that'll, that'll knock this nation out of, out of, out of existence. Well, where did they just have? Didn't they just have a uh, 5.7 earthquake in Utah? Was that wasn't that Utah? Uh, I don't think it was Utah. Oh, where was it? It was just I'm like a remember. day or two ago, and it yeah. talks about you know, and and obviously you're saying the same thing that we can see all the all this type of natural events happening as well as you know shifts in political power and. You right. know, um, I think the way China handled things is really going to influence tremendously um, how we do business with China moving forward. I know, um, I forgot his first name, I think Tom Cotton um, introduced a bill today, um, you know, to basically stop being so dependent on China for meds. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing to me because I had heard for years that you know, vitamins and stuff, all the ingredients for vitamins were coming from China. And, you know, I'm so careful not to, you know, give anything that's made in China to my dogs. Yet I am the most vitamin, you know, fanatic person, you know, going. I mean, you know, I have my 30 bottle. <laughs> I go yeah. down the line, you know, one for every possible thing in this world. Um, you know, and that's to me, that's really scary that we're, um, taking on a regular basis and we're so dependent from a medical perspective, you know, to the ingredients that China's making. So there's going to be a lot of shifts in what's going on. And I think a lot of it is based on the Saturn-Pluto cycle. And one other thing that jumped out at me, Jim, and I mentioned it to you the other day, was I read, and I don't remember when it was, the 1500s or whatever, but in France, they had something called the Dancing Plague, which literally people took to the streets and they started to dance and they couldn't yep. stop. They were dropping yep. dead of yeah, from dancing. And that was mm -hmm. also uh, during a Saturn-Pluto cycle. So huh. I've got the chills. This is a scary time. I mean, I just I never expected to be living through you know, um, these kinds of things that we're going through right now. Um, you know, I'm just grateful that the stock market and the economy was as strong as it was. I know this is devastating, and I'm hoping that the stimulus, there's three stimulus packages, I'm hoping that they benefit our country as a whole and individuals. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about what they're going to be doing for um, <clears throat> you know, small businesses and obviously what they're going to be doing for the airline industry and the cruise industry. Um, right. But, you know, I, I'm really hoping that they deliver and what they're by putting money in people's pockets, because, you know, they're telling us to lock down and hunker down for weeks and weeks and weeks and how much of America goes, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So I'm sure people are taking money out of their mortgage money, their electric money and everything else, you buy food and supplies um, to be able to do that. 
Um, you know, so I think it's putting everybody in a compromising situation financially. And I'm also worried about people on Social Security. I haven't heard that mentioned, and I keep on tweeting that on, on uh, um, Donald Trump's page, you know, don't forget the seniors, because I'm not hearing anything about people on Social Security. Right. You know, how are they going to exist? I, I know people on Social Security that can't even make it on a good day you know, much less having to lock down and stock up and, you know, worry about this, that, and the other thing. I mean, how are people going to do it? And I, and I haven't so far heard anybody talk about, you know, providing any stimulus for those on, on Social Security. So I'm concerned, you know, I'm concerned about how this is all going to play out. And I think, you know, $1,000 isn't much when, what's the average mortgage? I'm sure the average mortgage is over $1,000. You know, we might be hunkered down for months. Um, you know, so I guess we have to take it day by day and hope for the best. But I yeah. do think what they're doing with unemployment is great because I, I heard that they are, you know, instead of whatever unemployment is, 300 you know, some odd dollars maximum, they're going to try to provide at least for 75% of those, you know, of the income of those who have lost their jobs. So, you know, I do think this $1 trillion um, or whatever it is, um, stimulus package uh, on top of, you know, all the other, the other two stimulus packages might help the economy somewhat. But I agree with you, Jim, that, you know, we're in deep, shit trouble right now was i allowed to say that on the radio um yeah i did so um, You're we are. About people under Wait. 18 earmuffs where's the, where's the sensor <laughs> Beep. Beep. all right so we'll be selling out um you know but i do think that you know it, it's going to be trying times and you know there's no way to sugarcoat that but you know all we could do is the best that we could do but i do honestly believe that doing inner work and using this time to the best of your ability, if it's meditating, if it's, um, you know, doing some sort of inner work, it doesn't have to be inner child work that we're going to talk about today, but doing some sort of inner work and, you know, connecting with something greater than us, um, you know, the universe, God, whatever we want to call it, may give us that, you know, that faith and that power to, you know, um, come out of this in a really great way, which I do think this cycle is about. It's about rebirth. But Jim, like since all of everything I'm reading talks about this being a two, the influence of that um, Saturn-Pluto conjunction, um, its effects last for approximately two years. Um, does that mean the rebirth isn't going to really start until, you know, after that two-year period or what? What do you well, I think, think? I think it'll be going on during the two-year period. Oh, I hope so. I really do. And be the careful what you wish every, for. <laughs> the, the irony of everything um, is that I had two major losses in oh. January, and one occurred on January 8th, and the other occurred on January 10th. And it said that the influence of this you know, conjunction will be felt for the year before. So I really do feel that in some way played 
into what was happening in my life as well. Right. So, um, on that note, Ryan, do you, is Ryan on the air or is he talking? I'm, I'm here. I got callers and peeps want answers. I said I would hook them up. Uh, I talked to two fantastic ladies. Uh, one, uh, I, w- I, I want to say, let's put the one through who wants to talk about the coronavirus since we were talking about that. And then uh, we have another lady who wants to talk about her career. Uh, one seems quicker than the other. So if uh, Andrea has a question about uh, a family member who has a coronavirus. Oh, God. So if uh, we'll just put her on and then we'll go right back to Carla who wants to talk about her career. But right now we have Andrea on the phone. And, Andrea, you had a question for Lady Fontaine? Uh, yes, I did. Um, uh, Lady Fontaine, uh, first and foremost, I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan, so that's why I'm calling in because I really could use a vote of confidence right now. Um, today my 94-year-old grandma was um, tested positive for coronavirus, oh. and she yeah, dealt with diabetes in the past. So mm. I was just wondering what you thought if there would be a positive outcome. Um, what is her first name? I want to be straight with you with this, that um, I used to be phenomenal with health. That used to be really all I did. Um, but I don't really work. You know, I'm not a health empath anymore. I used to be. So I'm going to tell you what I pick up. Um, but I'm not... I'm going to be honest that I don't have the same certainty with whatever my health-related predictions are um, that I have with, you know, like love or career. I mean, those are the areas that I, I really focus on. And the other thing is, by law, we're not allowed to diagnose, so I'm just going to tell you what I pick up energetically, all right? Okay. All right. What, what is um, her first name? It's Martha. Martha. All right, let me just, mm-hmm. actually, when I when you said her name, I actually got a, a good feeling on her. Um, she feels to me to have spunk. You know, God bless her at that age. She still feels like she has spunk, and she still feels to me that, um, you know, she um, has a lot of, you know, she doesn't, she feels like she knows what's going on. Um, you know, she feels sharp in a lot of ways. Um, she is very you know, sharp. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, at that age, you don't expect it, but she she's sharp and she's got spunk still. So she's going to put up a grand fight. There's no, she's not rolling over and playing. You know, she's not rolling over and saying, you know, this is my my time's over by any means. I think no matter what happens, um, she will be at peace with that. But I I, I think she's going to give this a grand old fight. Um, what is her condition right now? I mean, she feels stable right now to me because she really feels spunky still. I think they're taking precautions because of her age and the fact that she tested positive. I'm just really worried. Um, it's understandable to be worried. Um, I'm going to tell you, and I can't give you um, 100% certainty that she's going to, you know, her age is a big factor here. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I do have some level of concern of, about her, but man, oh, man, her energy feels strong. And she shows me that she's going to fight this and do everything she can. Because what, what she's telling me energetically is she's not done living. 
that there's more she wants to live for. So that that desire in itself and that will to live could pull her through this. Um, how far into this? Do you have any idea, like, where she where she got it or how far into this she is? Um, I would assume that she got it from my grandfather, who's out and about all the time. She's pr- really, like, primarily at home in her garden and things like that. She doesn't really go out all that much. So it's kind of fun at the moment. Was your grandfather diagnosed with it? No. Oh, wow. So he's, wow, a carrier at, at, or it could have been even on his clothes or something that he brought back into the house. Um, You know what I would say? Is she home or is she in the hospital? She's with Helen Hayes. She's so spunky. She doesn't feel like she's ready to go. So I think she's going to give this a grand fight. And if she okay. has any say in it, she's going to be here a couple weeks down. She's going to be here. I mean, I, you know, I keep on hearing that. I keep on feeling that in her energy. Um, I think she's got a great chance, even at her age, of being okay. And what I want you well, to try you. to do, which is the hardest thing, is, you know, try to trust the process. And try to just keep, you know, having faith in the strength and her vigor and, um, you know, her her very positive viewpoint. I mean, she doesn't feel like she's oh for me for me. She just feels like, uh, in some ways, she's cautious and taking this, but she feels like she's taking it in stride and fighting hard. So, is she on a ventilator at this point? No. Okay, great. That's good news. Um, you know, so I want to sort of give you some hope here, but, you know, her age is a factor. And right now, the trajectory I see for her is not as severe as, um, you know, many people her age go through. I, I see her not cruising through it, but I can see an end sight, which gives me a lot of hope for her. Okay, thank you. It's given me hope too. All right, but try to try to maintain that hope. Kim, do you have anything? I know this is like not in your area, but do you have any like words of wisdom and how to, you know, how Andrea could really help balance her own emotions and feelings on this? Well, I I was going to say, uh, uh, I mean, I've been spending a lot of time living on the on the uh, CDC website, the Centers for Disease Control where some of the best raw data is coming out instead of all the hyperbole that's coming out on the news because the CDC isn't trying to sell advertising. Right. So um, if you go there, you, uh, I'm looking at a, at a chart and it's saying, you know, it's, it's saying, yeah, it's, it's not good if you're uh, Mom, older. She's gonna make it. They think she's going to make it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's 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 saying that you actually it isn't like a death sentence. It's kind of like you have a higher percentage, but that doesn't mean you have a terribly high percentage. So you might want to take a look at the statistics there and get a feel for for um, um, how likely problems are, uh, and and realize that it might not be as bad as 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 a lot of people are making it out to be for her. So. I mean, I, I, I'm not psychic, so I'm not going to be able to tell you who she is or what, what she's going through. Um, I can say that there's, there's really great uh, uh, care that they can offer. 
and uh, uh, if, uh, uh, there's a lot of good Chinese herbs that I would recommend as an as an acupuncturist that uh, that could be of help, depending on how strong her symptoms are. But uh, but uh, as as Jill says, we can't diagnose even though she's already diagnosed. Um, so so the best we can do is just you know give our su- suggestions. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. And good. I think that that's really what you said is really great advice, Jim. And one thing I want to say is on the news today and the information that seems to be coming out, and I saw a lot of graphs, so I don't know if this is on the CDC or not, but they are showing that, you know, the from the age group of 20 up to 64 is being almost, almost equally as impacted by coronavirus as the, you know, over 64, over 65 age group. Um, statistics in, you know, Italy and um, um, China weren't the greatest for, you yeah. know, the the older generation. However, what the physicians are saying here is that, you know, we, we're, we're very progress. We're, you know, we're moving forward with a lot of different things. And the one thing I got to say that's great about Trump is he's very much for let's cut the, you know, cut through all the restrictions and, you know, all this other stuff and let's get the meds, you know, through, through compassionate use. Let's get the meds to the people who need it. I've heard about a few drugs, one malaria drug that, that a study from a very reliable study group actually proved with a tremendous number of cases already that it cures coronavirus and it is available. It's a drug that's available here in the United States. Um, So there's a lot of options out there right now. And I do feel if you're sick, this is the place to be here in the United States. So hopefully we'll keep the, you know, the death rate as low as possible with all the advances that we have here and, and really pray that, um, you know, that our, our doctors and researchers come up with something really quickly. We know the vaccine is, you know, not going to be here tomorrow. A lot of therapeutics could help. So I have faith for, for Martha and for Andrea and for those that are out there suffering from, you know, a, a diagnosis of coronavirus or COVID-19. All right. Um, Ryan, what do you what do you think about all this? You've been quiet about it. I try to not watch that stuff. I used to be a hypochondriac, hardcore with panic attacks. I know if I read it, I'm going to get it. So I've been staying away from it, but, uh, oh yeah. Oh my God. Don't even, I mean, I've had every disease under the sun. Uh, my shrink was like this year. My shrink would laugh at me when I would come in. I mean, he's not supposed to laugh at me. My doctor would laugh at me when I would come in as well. Like my shrink and my doctor shouldn't laugh at me when I go there and tell them I'm dying. And, and they're telling me, and they just giggle at me and they say, no, you're not. Uh, so call us if you need anything. Very rude. Um, but, no, from uh, the grandmother thing, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to chime in. I mean, from what I heard, I mean, I've only seen snippets of stuff. I mean, 94 or whatever she said doesn't sound like a good thing, but 
I don't have the power. So I don't, I don't know. So I wasn't going to chime in and say that doesn't sound good, but that's just me, you know? No. And, and she, but I she's hope got the best. I hope the best for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. She's got spunk. And if anybody can make it, she, at that age, her grandmother can, um, you, you know, but you know, there, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, you know, um, a health empath anymore. I mean, I used to be, but I gave that up. Um, and, um, that's that I could pick up from her energy. It feels pretty good. So nice. I heard a shout out to her mom and saying, mom, she's going to make it. So I, right. I like how that brought the family will, uh, you know, get that boost and, yep. you know, positive energy. I always say positive things happen to positive thinkers. And that's something that I go by. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. That's for damn sure. Good, good. Should Thank we uh, grab another caller? Where, where yeah. are you at with your? Yeah, let's oh, grab right. another caller. Then I want so us to segue a little bit into. What was that? She is the first one that called, and she is so nice. Uh, this is Carla. She had a question about her career. So I said, Carla, don't you worry. Lady Fontaine's going to guide you because you guided me, Lady Fontaine, on my career choice, and you told me you weren't really feeling that job that I was thinking about leaving my current job for. Right. Thank goodness I didn't because that job sucked that I found out, and the current job I'm at, now I'm getting paid, and I'm off till the 29th. So that's fantastic. All so, right. Carla, awesome. I know. Yeah, you know what's up. Carla, Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Hi, Carla. Welcome. So, hi. Yeah, I have a question. I um, am working somewhere. They transferred me, but they put me in a lower title than, you know, my experience and my where I'm at in life. You know, they put me in a category with freshly graduated people. Mm. So I filed a complaint. The complaint was denied two times. I want to file another. We're going to continue to file another complaint because they're, the feedback that I'm getting is also like it doesn't make any sense. It's like a couple of words. There's no specific information as to why not because I have nine to ten years and more experience than a recent graduate and more education on top to offer. So um, what do you see coming out of this? Is there? It's just so annoying that they would treat us in that place like so bad, so poorly. Um, I I believe you should continue fighting. Um, to me, it feels like um, the point is going. Th- there will be a point where I do feel there will be some shift. Um, I can't guarantee you that they're going to suddenly give you the title and the position and everything that you want. But I do feel the fight is so important for you and also so important for them in a lot of ways. Because it really feels to me that with you resisting and you keep going back and filing another complaint and another complaint, um, they're going to get to the point where they really have to justify their decision. That two words isn't going to cut it. Um, energetically, it feels like this is a political move rather than anything else for you. Um, and, you know, that that's always a tough thing to sort of um, maneuver out of in an organization. But my guides show me um, a, a female in that company, and she feels like she's 
um, in a in a position of some power. Um, she comes through as somebody who either has or will mentor you. Um, has do you know who I'm talking about? I mean, is there a a woman who's established and in a higher level position who's taken an interest in you and um, your work and your career? I guess, yeah. What could you give me her first name? Because that would help me zoom yeah, in on the Shay. energy. Maybe Shay. Um, I don't get a tremendous hit on that, but is there anyone else that's um, really jumping out? Because what I ultimately feel is this person in, she's in a higher, you know, much higher level position. She knows your work. She knows your ability. Um, It feels to me that not only is she going to come out to fight, help fight for you and defend you, but her influence is going to be able to um, position you in a better way in that company. But the irony of everything is now, are you now I know right now is not the time for anybody to look around for anything. I mean, people are very lucky to have jobs, but when when everything gets settled, um, you know, or before this all started, did you have any desire to look outside of your company for, for other opportunities? Um, yeah, been, but not aggressively, just looking. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like you were really looking, hardly looking, I would say. You know, it didn't, didn't really feel like there was much effort. But if you choose to, when things, you know, down the road, six months down the road, when, you know, um, things sort of settle and the economy's improving and people are hiring and everything – what my guides tell me is there is another opportunity out there if you look for it and if you go for it. And man, oh man, you're going to be saying, thank God I'm out of that place. Um, because the one thing yeah. I got to say about the environment that you're in right now, um, not only because of what they did to you, but overall, it feels like they really don't, um, I don't know, it feels cutthroat. I mean, it doesn't feel like they're, it's a supportive environment for anybody it really doesn't okay um and to me it really feels like um i don't know it's uh, cutthroat is the only word i can come up with and there's probably a better word to describe it but it just feels like no matter what people do it's very unless it's really in that company who you know it's not what you do and that's why this person this this woman she's she's more mature than you are and she's high level. I mean, I don't know if it's a vice president level or, um, you know, whatever. The director, but maybe? I'm sorry, what was that? Is it the director of the program? What is, I'm getting a good feeling on that. What is her first name? Uh, Start with an M. Um. Can you, uh, Ryan? Are you are you on? No, he's probably um, screening somebody. Um, yeah, he's screening somebody. All right, I'm going to take you into a private room for one minute and ask you for her name. All right. Okay. All right, I'm going to be um, Jim. Can you talk while I'm? While so I'll, I'll, I'll I'll hum something here. All right. Oh yeah, he's a good singer, so he'll lighten it up. <laughs> Oh, I, I was just taking voice lessons, but that doesn't mean I'm a good singer. 
Oh, I think she just, oh. Oh, wait. Well, okay. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Bring her back. Who was that? That was Carla? Okay, so what's going on is everybody's uh, talking uh, offline for oh just God. a moment. Oh, my God. What happened? Why did they go into a private room? Um, they, they they wanted to share some information that was probably not a good idea to broadcast. And so they decided oh, to go okay. to a private room. Unfortunately, we only wow, have one private enough. room, so they probably barged right in on your conversation, didn't they? <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, because that was weird. I did hear them. All right. Can I bring my, our next in, Katie, in? Not yet. Right, we're, uh, we're, still, we're still with Carla. All right. Carla and I are back on the air. So, what is going so, on? Okay. Um, yes, the person that um, that Carla mentioned is the person that I'm picking up. Um, I do feel that person will almost be almost rescue the situation because she sees an injustice being done, but more importantly, her influence is going to get Carla out of the mess that she's in and into a better position. And um, this person is also going to, on some level, Carla um, mentor and help you. You know, it's not even in knowledge. It's in how to cultivate and navigate through this cutthroat environment that you guys are working in, but her influence yeah. and support is going to help you a great deal. Um, that's the person that I'm looking for, and she will step up to the plate. So it seems important that you, you know, go through the third fighting this, you know, the, the third time, um, and I do feel they're going to have to be held accountable to give you more than two words, but she will step in. And she will do more than just defend you. And, you know, she will, you'll see, magic will happen with with her sort of guiding your career there. Oh, but I still yeah. feel if you choose to, you know, towards the end of the year or the end of the summer, whenever the economy, you know, sort of starts picking up and people are hiring again, if you choose to look outside, you're going to have choices. You're going to have another opportunity out there that even feels better yeah. than what would happen in this company. And, um, you know, yeah, honestly, to me, the other opportunity feels better because no matter what, this company is cutthroat. Um, so, company, so, yeah. you know, um, use your best judgment with things in the big picture of it, but trust in the fact that she's your, she is your savior. Oh, nice. Okay, I'm glad I have her support. She does have, like, she knows about different opportunities and stuff, so thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Good luck and keep us posted. Yes, I will. All right. All right. Um, Before we take another call, I kind of want to segue a little bit into how, how much time do we have left? We still have an hour left. I want to segue yeah, a little bit into our topic for tonight because I think it's very important. The the um, and and I'm I'm hoping that I don't know we have a lot of callers here, so I want to take a lot of calls here tonight too. But well, the um, next caller, if I could jump in for a hot second, the inner uh, the next caller wanted to say when are we talking about the inner child, and then during our little pause break. Uh, between me and KT, the next one up, we talked about the inner child because I had no idea about it. And, and she was telling me some stuff, and we were talking about my son. 
and about the inner child in me. So, yeah, Katie, OMG, she's ready to go. But I'm saying, like, what my like what my inner child because I spoil my son. That represents my inner child. What is going on with that? Can you just fill in the blanks? What is up? Well, you know, it's we all have an inner child. And, you know, depending on our upbringing, depending on our experiences in our lives, um, sometimes we're able to maintain that, that open, loving, playful side of us. But more often than not, you know, we come from fam. Most of us come from families that, unfortunately, are dysfunctional. I mean, you know, parents um, struggle hard. Um, you know, to support their family. You know, parents work two jobs, and it's often hard on the family and the children. So, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to go into a little bit greater detail in a minute about what it is. But ultimately what happens is sometimes the actions of our parents and situations from our childhood and even simple things like um, expressions that we hear all the time. How many times have you ever, has, have your parents perhaps said to you, oh, Ryan, stop being a baby, you know, grow up, um, you know, don't be scared, uh, you know, and stuff like that. What happens when parents do that is it actually negates the validation that we need. For instance, um, if I'm watching a horror movie and I'm screaming and my mother and I'm like, you know, three years old or five years old and my mother comes in and says, Lady Fontaine, (laughs) don't be scared, but I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Um, That inner conflict creates an issue for us where we start doubting ourselves. We start shutting down because our authority figure, our parents is telling us not to feel a certain way. And ultimately when that happens, we start, you know, not honoring ourselves. I mean, what do we know as kids? And we actually develop these inner wounds and these inner traumas from situations. I mean, you know, it might sound, you know, almost, trivial to us as an adult, but to a kid, it's a big deal. And think of how you feel like, you know, I'm not saying you and your wife ever argue, but if you did have a misunderstanding on something and she wasn't hearing what you were saying, you were trying to get a point across and she just wasn't getting it. How does that make you feel? Oh, that's not cool. You know, we we, got to shut that down, you know. Yeah, I mean, it makes you feel misunderstood, not heard, um, you know, uh, alone, you know, not Team Ryan, you know, and and your wife. You know, it really really creates this separation in ourselves. And ultimately, when you're a kid and that happens, I mean, that's disastrous. It truly is. That's what I call, you know, an inception trauma. I mean, you know, things happen like that when we're kids, and it really starts. Um, causing an inner turmoil and an inner separation within ourselves. Now, Jim and I do inner child work, I think, with our clients in a different way. Jim is a phenomenal acupuncturist um, up in – Thank you. Could I say where, Jim? Yeah, sure. You're in what, Hartsdale? Hartsdale, New York. Hartsdale, New York. 
Yeah, I don't know how many people want to go there right now, but when, yeah, when things clear up, um, <laughs> you if you're up in that area, I mean, he is phenomenal. I mean, thank you. Jim and I've known each other for. I mean, yeah, he is the real deal. <laughs> I mean, Jim and I have known each other for 30 years, and he could tell you stories, and I could, or I could tell you stories of you know when I was you know really in bad shape with different things. And, you know, working on me for anywhere from, you know, 15 minutes to three hours. And he's done that up to three hours or if not even longer. Um, It was amazing. It was literally transformational. So I think when Jim does the work, he's really focused on the body and the mind. When I do the work, I'm more focused on the emotions. So I'm actually going to let Jim lead. I'm going to let Jim lead. On this, Ryan, do you have a question before we go on? Did that answer your needles. question at all? <laughs> Are you you're putting needles in people? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I let me tell you something. I don't like you're going kind of stuck on that, aren't you? Why? Because of the needles. All right. My wife, she gets acupuncture because it helps her. She loves it. I can't mm-hmm. go there because there's something called needles. And I don't like needles because that's guaranteed pain. I mean, it's guaranteed. But you're you're putting it in me. How is that going to make me feel good? Oh, it does. You're putting in needles into my body. <laughs> uh, do I wish I can go to an acupuncturist right now? My SI joint is. Are you telling me it feels good? I it mean, does. You're piercing my skin. No, but you don't really feel it. I mean, you, let me tell you, I have had the greatest spiritual experiences while I, while I had acupuncture done. There's someone that I went to for a long time. I mean, she was phenomenal. Um, every time she worked on me, I had, I mean, experiences like I can't even start to tell you. It was amazing. So for me, it was mind, body, and soul. And if you can get past you know, and it should just be like a little jab. I mean, the way the way Jim does it, you don't want to go to Jim. He goes down to the bone <laughs> with those needles. <laughs> Thank it, you. You just you just got me a lot of patience there. <laughs> I was good no, but I was gonna say good the effect of it. The effect of it is phenomenal. Yeah. But he's so afraid of even getting pricked that could you imagine? Like, you know, when if you because you could actually feel when he goes down to the bone, but yeah. there's a reason I don't know what the reason is that he does it, but there is a reason and it does help, you know. Um, so I, you know, I, I would recommend Jim beyond highly, I really would. Yeah. I mean, I think he's one of the best acupuncturists in the world. Um, oh, well, that's but, <laughs> I mean, I do. If I'm going to anybody, yeah. I'm going to Jim. I mean, that's just me, and I'm scared out of my mind. Because that's what I, I mean. That's why, you know, Ryan shouldn't go to you. If you want to go, like, try no, to I'm go to Jim. I'm going to anybody, I'm going to Jim. All right? But I'm just saying, okay. I have canceled appointments for doctors when I said, am I getting a shot at the end of this, like, checkup? And they say, yes, I don't show. All right? Oh, my God. Well, you, you have to understand that. They... I tell my wife, I went. I never showed. The, yeah. the, needles oh that the, the, the needles that the yeah. doctors use are really thick, and they got jagged tips so that they can cut Ooh. through skin so that they can, ins- they can insert any stuff deep into you. That hurts because it's in- designed, me, like, it's intended to tear through things. My needles are solid, and they have rounded tips, so they don't, like, uh, they don't go that, that way. 
they don't tear things up. They kind of push things out of the way and, and go where I need them to go. And then when I pull them out, most of the time there's no bleeding. And, and most of the time people don't, don't complain. Once but in a I while people like, do. What is that hole in my flesh doing for me? <laughs> so, you know, if I, gave, if I had the time to give you three years of acupuncture training, I, you, could answer, you would know the answer to that question. I don't well, want to stab anybody, but I want to come to you, and I'll let you stab me so you can prove me okay. wrong, and then I can tell my son, don't worry, we're going to the doctor. It ain't going to hurt because Jim showed me it's fine. <laughs> well, let me sort of paraphrase it by saying there are energy meridians in the body that when they're stimulated in certain ways um, mm-hmm. have a miraculous effect on pain, on healing, on you know, everything in your body. Even on, even on spiritual problems, even on emotional yeah. problems, even on, you know, internal problems. It's, it's, it's the only medicine that China had for thousands of years, and they used it in any way they could. So it's really, I know, my wife stuff. swears by it, and I, I went in the room, and I saw her get it, and I saw them stick a needle in her forehead. I swear. Oh, yeah. It went until even, like, in the middle of her eyebrows, they shoved a needle in there, and I think one even went into her foot. Uh-huh. And I was just like, why, what are you doing? And she's like, it feels great. And I'm like, are you, I thought she was sick, you know, and I thought there was something wrong with her. <laughs> That's why she went to the, no, the, apparently, the acupuncture. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought, I'm like, something's up with you, but she loved it. I mean, and yeah. then, you know, the doctor told me she, I, I can go next. And I said, are you out of your mind? I'm not sick, but Tell me, I mean, because I'm down. If it's going to make me feel fantastic, because I told her I have anxiety problems and I get panic attacks, mm. she says these needles go. will cure that. And, and it like, would. Right. I think it would. No, I would think. And, but that spot between the eyes is the pineal gland, and what? that. I didn't they, know about the pineal gland. When they when they <laughs> no. stimulate that, that's part of psychic and intuition development. I mean, me as a psychic, I please, please, please don't forget that spot. The pineal gland is behind is behind the bone, so you can't get to it oh with a needle. Don't worry about it. Okay, good. But it stimulates it because it's in the it's in the skin, uh, you know, on this side of the bone, on the outside of the bone. So you don't need to worry about it hurting the pineal gland. But it does do a good job of stimulating it for you. It's it's one of our favorite points for calming a patient down. Wow. If the patient That's is very wow. reactive, we needle that that point. And how and much they does just... it cost? If I want to go there tomorrow and I want no, the Elkin special, He's how much does it cost? Don't go. Don't go. What are you talking about? Don't go. I'm completely under contract. I am clean as can be. Our office is no. closed. I don't want to. No, want oh, reopen. Can you reopen, please? We can't. No. Not this point. Even for me, and I'm a part of the show. Even for you. Wow. All right, Lady Fontaine, you're going to have to talk to him because I need in. So so perhaps the reason that you're, Ryan, perhaps the reason that you are so afraid of needles is because when you were very, very young, you were given a needle and you were told that that needle was not going to hurt you, and it did. Bingo. Sure. Yeah, it's guaranteed. And that's your inner child. That's your Bingo. inner child. Oh yeah. no, talking the inner child. To you. I hate that goddamn inner child. Let me tell you. No, 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 no. Your inner child is your best friend. Your inner child is saving you. Is helping you. He's he's the person he's great for my who son has carried you through all figures. of the person who has carried you through all of the trauma and difficulty that you've been through as a young person. 
in these lying adults who tell you things that won't hurt and they do. Okay? So that inner child is yeah, holding that trauma for you. And they're, and, they're, wow. and at some point, you can resolve that relationship and you can incorporate that inner child back into you instead of it being a separate person that makes you run away from needles. I'm a Toys R Us kid, and I love toys, but I don't uh-huh. love needles. That's the only thing I didn't jump on. I with, got it. You know? I got it. But, but you I rationally wanna, know wanna, it's nothing wrong special. with putting you, – you rationally know that people putting a needle in you isn't going to injure you. It's just there's well, something in you that – it's going to hurt, and I don't well, like it. Well, he's afraid. He has a yeah. real fear of it. He's and a that's real trauma, yeah. he was traumatized as a kid. That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, because it's never fun, you know. It's never yeah, fun. It's not. And I live my life wanting fun, you know. And I do the MMA stuff, and I'm, I'm going to do a boxing yeah. tournament soon. I know I'm going to get hit in the face, and that's not fun, but I feel I can avoid that. The needles, I feel like I'm laying there, and I'm waiting for it. I have no counter to the needle. That's how <laughs> I feel. Okay. I can't prevent it at all. Like, there's no chance. I'm laying mm-hmm. there, and I'm taking the needle. In a boxing fight, I can believe I can block it, you know, but with mm-hmm. a needle, can't be blocked. All right, so let me <laughs> ask you this, um, and this is a little bit off topic, but I, I, I just want to, you know, I want to sort of bring this back to the importance of that inner child connection. Do you right. know what? Do you know what loneliness actually is? Do I know loneliness? For sure. Do you know yeah, what absolutely. it is? No, do you know yeah, what it is? Uh, my parents were divorced, and there were times where uh, Papa Bear would not be able uh, to make it, you know, and then it would be like Saturday. Saturday was the day that I would see my dad, you know, and there were times where he would be like, I can't make it, he has work, or there would be some excuse, and I would just be sitting there by myself, and there was no plans for Saturday because that was dad's day. And there were days that he never showed up. So there would be times where I would be looking out the window, waiting for his car to pull up. And then 20 minutes later, I get the call saying he can't make it. And my day is shot because he's not coming. So All loneliness. Right. All right. The worst well, part is getting that call, you know. Yeah, but let me, yeah. let me, let me tie this back to previous shows back. that we've done. And I want you to listen to me. Sure. In previous shows – we talked about loyalty and you freaked out and you said, if somebody is dishonest and disloyal to me, it's, it's done. It's out. Well, that's game over when it's like my wife, for sure. No, yeah. no. Well, yeah, you, we were talking about relationships, yeah, but that's game I, over. Believe, I believe that that belief and that old hurt that you just talked about from your childhood and waiting for your father and being literally abandoned and lied to by your dad and betrayed by your dad is part of the underlying reason by that, why that sense of loyalty and I'll stick by you and I'll never leave you and I'll never be with anyone else other than you is so important to you because you were very adamant. And I believe it's a belief that you have, and I'm not saying it's a bad belief, but there's no, underlying the reason reasons. That's how I label it. There's underlying reasons why we all, you know, are who we are. I mean, unfortunately, we've all gone through different hardships in our life. But with what you just said, kind of to me ties it into, um, you know, some of the reasons why you are 
so such a strong advocate. And I think wanting to have a loyal partner is is a beautiful thing. But you, with you, there was no and ifs or buts. It had to be. And to me, when you're that adamant, it's because you were hurt. And I believe that's the inner child in you talking out and saying, you know, my daddy disappointed me and wasn't there for me and hurt me and, you know, didn't make me a number one priority. And that's the belief that that's driving you and the hurt that's driving you. And you've now transformed that into ultimately a belief. And that's what we do. It's a perfect example. But I want to give you okay, the meaning. I want to give you the true example of loneliness and what that really is. And then I want to turn it over to Jim because I want him to explain a little bit about his way of doing inner child work. And this might end up being a two-part show because there's a lot to talk about and we still have a lot of callers. Um, yeah, we got Katie well, who's, I love Katie. So continue. Lonely. And we're going to talk to Katie next, but loneliness yeah. actually is a disconnect from spirit and a disconnect from yourself. And that part of yourself is the inner child. You know, we, 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 we don't realize so often that the inner child is driving. Like when you talk about the shot, you don't want to go to a doctor. You're going to lie to your wife and tell her that you went. And even though you didn't go and everything, who do you, do you feel like an adult when you, you know, get caught up in that anxiety and that fear? Or do you feel like, like a five-year-old kid? Yeah, good point. Okay, so uh, Ryan is off in the in the conference room. Oh, okay. So I did all that for and, nothing. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take you over know. here. Go ahead. I want to hear your your way of doing things. Well, as a start, I just wanted to to read something. Um, in in 2003, in May of 2003, I went to a vision quest in Vermont, in Somerset, Vermont. And uh, while I was on the vision quest, I realized that the thing, that the, the vision that I was needing to connect with was about my inner child. And so this poem kind of popped out of me. And so I, I, I wrote it down in my, in my journal and I'm, I've got it here in front of me. Uh, and I'd like to read it with you. Oh, good. Um, I would love to hear it. So the poem is called The Lost Children. It's a... I've lost my children. They told me so, and I didn't notice them gone. Why didn't I know? The last time I saw them, I was in such disarray that I hadn't really noticed that they'd gone away. Did they really leave me or did I push them out? It doesn't really matter because they're not about. I sometimes hear a giggle or a sad tear. I guess they must be close, hiding from me, I fear. I asked the spirits of nature to offer wisdom for my choices. They said, open your heart to hear their lovely voices. They say, you must protect them to bring them out of hiding as a parent truly should, guiding and not chiding. You must love and cherish them as you would your own eyes, for they are your source of power and strength comes from their cries. The joy of life and sense of awe, their gifts are freely given when the vow and bond of trust with them has not been riven. One last thing we should note before we bid good day. You must make room in your life for them to sing and play. Wow. I thank I thank them and I started to hunt for clues of my child's children's fate. When I noticed some movement under layers of fear and hate, 
I stripped them back and with all my strength, uh, and there below they cowered. I offered them love and care, and they gave me back a flower. I told Mm. them I'd defend them and from all danger guide them. Together they danced and cried for joy at their new freedom. And now as I prepare to leave my forest sanctuary, my children are here and here to stay. Of that I am not sorry. I wish you all could feel my joy and partake of my healing. Its power would make you whole. Nothing compares to that feeling. Wow. And nothing does. Truly, nothing does. That is so beautiful, Jim. I mean, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I wish you had even told me that. Instead of me writing up this write-up, I would have rather put that up because that says it all. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, thanks. Uh, it, it was it was a quite a moment for me. That was like the turning point in my vision quest. Um, it's great. But uh, uh, what I do with yeah, patients that are that are what I do with patients that are clearly struggling with inner child work um, is I is I gently help them to see that there's some part of them that seems to be working independent of the rest of their they're what they think of as a single personality, you know, their, their character. And when they finally see that, I try to explain to them that, that this is an inner child. And, and, and after a while, they kind of get the idea what I'm talking about, that there's some piece of them that got isolated and kind of frozen in time from a day of a trauma or a day of a disappointment or some, something that was that, that's solid in a memory. And, and, and then as, as I'm working with them, I'll, I'll say, well, okay, so let's see, where would your inner child be in your body? And I, so I, I turn it into a whole body experience that way. And they say, well, maybe it's in my back or in my front or, you know, my left uh, uh, collarbone or something like that. And I say, okay, so, you know, and just, just, just go into it in more depth. You know, what does he look like or, or she, what does she look like? Um, in my case, I have a lot of children, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little, little community. Um, but, uh, but, uh, Eventually, I can get them to actually have a conversation with this lost part, and we have a we have a little communication going back and forth. And I get to ask questions, or they get to ask questions, and I get to listen to the whole conversation. Uh, and this is all during an acupuncture session while they're laying there with needles in themselves. Um, well, and many times, Emma, they, to me, that's the most powerful time because it does sort of put you in a much more relaxed, open you know, emotionally available place. That's right. But if somebody's been through trauma, I won't do that because this could be looking like that to them. It'd be too reminiscent. So I probably would use acupressure for this kind of work with no needles, just fingertips. Now, what you what you described actually to me feels like a combination of the EMDR, the eye movement um, work in, in psychology or therapy, mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. also integrating the familiar integration, whatever. I also look it up. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> where they yeah. really um, work with the individual broken parts of ourselves. And then there's always, the way they do it is there's always a protector. So oftentimes yes. you have to work past the protector to actually get to the inner child. But in, in the work that I do, and I'm not ready to even discuss it because I want to get Katie on the phone before I discuss it. But, okay. the way I, but the one thing I do want to say 
is, you know, I work with more of the emotions rather than the physical body. Um, there are times I will go to the physical body, but the most important aspect, and this is something that I so emphasize in my book, is mm-hmm. learning how to give the inner child a voice. And so often mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing to do. And you in your yes. home said it beautifully, and you it, in, in your dialogue about it, said it, you know, oh, well, we've got this whole little group and family and, you know, all this stuff. And even with Mm -hmm. your clients, you said it, we actually get them to dialogue. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's that's where the transformation takes place, in that dialogue. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. And it works very well. Yeah, it does work very well. I've actually, I have a friend who lives in, uh, in Texas that I've been counseling in this regard, and she's been through some uh, abuse as a child and really stuck, and it's helped her significantly, just working with her directly with her inner child. She's she, she, her, now, her therapist and I. Now, you said that you wouldn't do it with someone's trauma, if somebody was traumatized. Now, do you mean you would not in that moment do it or do you, with acupuncture? Or do you mean you would not do inner child work when somebody has experienced trauma? No, I would do inner child work when somebody's experienced trauma, but I would, I would probably work it or discuss it with them and try and initiate the whole process after an acupuncture treatment, not during it, because I wouldn't want them to feel like here they are, you know, half clothed with needles stuck in them in a very vulnerable position, having somebody, you know, push them into this place. That's, that's, that's a challenge for them. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's frightening because that's what, that's where the, that's where the trauma originated from. So I would be careful of that because it's, it's, it's a, it could reenact, it could re-injure somebody, and, and we'd, we'd like to avoid that if we can. Right. Well, and that does make sense with the work that you do, because yeah. I do work with trauma patients. So, of course, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I didn't know if, if you were just not, not knowing or, or not working with them, but you explained that really well. All right, Ryan, um, I think you wanted us to talk to Katie. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Uh, Katie's awesome. Uh, we were talking about Nana Channel, and uh, she was breaking it down. You know, um, let's just put her on because she's fantastic, and I've actually okay. labeled her my favorite okay. caller. So that's what I'm doing right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Katie won the award for favorite caller of all time at the moment. Oh, wow. Uh, forever but Katie you are amazing and we talked privately and, and she broke down my inner child and she's got questions about her career but Katie you know something about my inner child we talked about my dad, my son, my future daughter yep. Katie knows my life and I think that's why she's cool Katie if you have any questions for Lady Fontaine by all means even though you've answered all my questions about life I'm thinking of hiring you, Katie. Sight unseen. I haven't even said hello yet. But Thank man, you. man, I mean, that kind of transformation in Ryan in five yeah. seconds. Phenomenal. Oh, gosh. So, Thank you for the, thank you for the fabulous you. introduction. Oh, no. We're happy to have you, and we'd love to hear what's going on. Sure. I love the topic. I definitely will check you guys out about the inner child because there's a lot of, um, there's, I want to just change, you know, beliefs and believe in abundance and just release emotions. 
um, because I realized that, you know, every belief is trapped in your body. It's like a Mm -hmm. fear or some kind of emotion that's holding it in. So you need to just, once you release the fear, I think you can go ahead and let go of the thought. Exactly. Exactly. And my, you know, what I believe, which, you know, after we took your call, I was going to go into it. Um, You know, Jim had said a word in his poem and the word he used was clue. And that's actually Mm -hmm. the name of my upcoming book. It's called the clue. And really what my (laughs) philosophy is, is that um, anything that you experience in your life, other than joy, blissfulness, happiness, you know, or anything of that nature is a clue. And it's a clue to help you look inward because your outer world is always a reflection of what's going Mm -hmm. on inside of you. And where I really agree with you, Katie, is what you said, because um, to me, I mean, I'm not, you know, bad mouthing this, you know, in a general way, but my belief structure doesn't accept thoughts as really the creator's. I believe it's the beliefs and I believe the things that are holding us back from manifesting and creating the things that we truly want in our lives are what you referenced before, which are what I call false truths. They become Mm -hmm. the beliefs that we don't even know that we have, but yet we talk about them all the time. And as you really start doing the inner child work, you're going to hear yourself saying, you know, I, Um, You know, like I I can't, you know, drive to Michigan, you know, I'm afraid of the mountains or whatever it is. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to find that 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 there were experiences in your childhood that created that fear. And when I do inner child work with with people, we actually start delving back through the emotions, though. I do it with the emotions and I like to do it real time because it's something um, creates in your life um, a an emotional response you know you're upset you're hurt you're fearful you're um you know uh angry you know whatever the emotion is i use that emotion to help us get back to what i call the inception traumas that ultimately create the false truths and the false beliefs that i believe are what hold you back from creating the things that you want so I think you and I are pretty much on the same wavelength with that. So what is your question to me? What is it that you're trying to create or work through? Um, Career and money. So um, I am interested in employment, and I'm just wondering. I want to do – I know what I want to do, and I'm just wondering – when I might be getting employment or anything about it or if I'm having any blocks, like what's going on with me in employment? Well, let me tell you, inner child work is not something that a psychic should guide you through. And, and I have clients oh. that I do both, um, you know, psychic readings and I also do coaching. And through the coaching, we do inner child work. And I always say to my clients, once you cross that threshold, and get into coaching. Don't ask me, especially in a coaching session, to give you psychic insight because you are the one that are creating your own reality. And you're the only right. one who can change it. So do I feel blocks in you? Yes. And most of the kind of blocks that I'm feeling, and I don't really want to even tell you because I want you to find them, but I feel mm-hmm. as much as you want this, um, it feels like a new and a different path in your career. 
Um, I don't know if it's creative in some way, but it feels much different than either what you've been trained in or what you currently do. It feels like night and day to me. Um, so, you know, I kind of feel you have to work through two, a few different things. One thing I feel in you that, you know, growing up, you were more or less guided to, you know, a, a, a certain kind of career. And I feel that what it is that you want to do is off the beaten path from that career. So I believe that there, there's some level of self-doubt in there. There's also some level of not believing that you really could achieve it. And then there's a, a sense of fear of failure that I feel. But I'm sure there's more layers in there and there's more things that if you actually do that inner child work and you actually dig deep into you know, your, your true emotions, you're going to find more and more things there. So is indeed the thing that you really want to do very different than what you either do do or that you um, are trained in doing? Well, I want to, I'm going to do two things. So I want to, I have like, um, I'm going to be starting like a legal career and I'm also doing like a baking career, kind of. Yes, the baking (laughs) career is what your passion is. And the legal career is what you and and I, I still feel passion for you in the legal career. I do. Yeah. And I don't think anybody yeah. could, can actually go that direction unless they really have a passion for it. But there is something about the baking because it felt creative. Um, and I actually feel you you are very talented with it, and it feels like um, you take special attention. You know, like some people will just put all the ingredients and, you know, it just looks okay. Yours Mm -hmm. feels special in some way. So either they're the most amazing tasting cakes in this world or they look magnificent. And since I'm feeling that creative aspect in you, it's probably somewhat of a combination of both. Um, Yeah. and, and, but, but I feel you, I could see you being very detail-oriented with how the cakes are looking. And I really mm-hmm. do feel, based on that alone, you could actually build a career doing that. I would say, you know, um, if you're going to do it, like, you know, start on the side or try to yeah. develop, you know, something that you could maybe get into local stores when the you know, when things, mm-hmm. when the coronavirus is gone and stuff like that, that, or neighborhood things, you know, somewhere where you can get a name, but there are many, many different, especially cupcakes are such a big thing these days. There's many, um, very successful cupcake online cupcake, um, mm-hmm. you know, stores that don't even have a storefront. They're just baking yeah. and, you know, uh, creating this whole following so I really do feel that you have the ability to do that. But I, I feel you don't know yet how to sort of, um, it almost feels like a balancing of time and energy and focus. Um, yeah. And I feel because mm-hmm. out of necessity, you know, because you were more or less trained or you're headed in the direction of law, um, you know, it's like, you know, you, you see yourself going in that direction, but I do feel the tugging of your heart with the, with the baking. So, um, you know, yeah, I want to do both. I want to, I'm definitely open to doing both and everything you said is absolutely correct on how I feel. Um, I just been, even before this whole virus thing happened, I've been trying to like attract a job and different things like that. And, 
I have it. So I just was wondering about employment because, of course, baking and chocolate and different things cost money. So, right. But no, don't want to about yeah, no, that and you need a job anyhow, but you want a yeah. job in the in the in the legal field, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Like, that's what it felt like you were looking. Um, you know, even like the previous caller, where I I I don't necessarily I feel like you send resumes out, but it's almost like when you send them out, you're doubting it, and there's like um, not your heart isn't in it. It's like um, you. It's it's almost like you have to really allow that passion to come out, and I do feel fear of failure, um, and I do feel I don't know. Does that resonate with you? Because that that keeps on coming up the most with my guys. I'm saying she's really afraid to succeed, and she's afraid to. You're also somewhat afraid to get stuck in in law. Even though I do feel you could have such a rewarding career, I feel once you sort of take those baby steps and you get a job, which I feel you will get, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get a lot of joy and happiness out of it because I do feel passion there. Um, but, you know, it's so hard to give you a timing prediction right now because yeah. of the virus. It's yeah, I know. Of, you know, I don't know how long this is going to take. I mean, my gut feeling is, you know, we're, we've got, you know, a while, like, you know, it could be a couple of months or longer until we're really going to be able to start rebuilding. And then it's going to take the economy another couple of months, you know, to start rebuilding and people hiring. But I do see you in a law firm and I do see you, um, to, if, if we were dealing with coronavirus, I would say within a two to three month period, with coronavirus, that could, um, you know, extend somewhat. But I actually feel that there's someone that either you know or that somebody very close to you knows that is a lawyer um, or somehow involved in the legal profession that can get your foot in the door. It almost feels in a courtroom environment or something. So they must be a litigation attorney. Um, or something like that, um, where I do feel even through this period with the coronavirus that that person, it feels like a man that he needs help, even if you were to work remotely. Now, do you know yeah. either a litigation attorney or a male attorney that, um, you know, you could either approach and say, hey, look, with everything crazy going on, I'm home and if you need some help, you know, throw in my way, uh, you know, even if it's paralegal. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah, I definitely can do remote work. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about this guy that I work in real estate with. He has a lawyer that he works with. So maybe I could ask him, but I went to, I went to law school, so I know a, a bunch of lawyers actually, but um, a lot of my friends are like um, uh, prosecutors and stuff like that though. Um but um, I have a friend, and I may can ask him if if he can ask some lawyers he know. But I'm not sure right like right now. Not, yeah, you know, but I of. think right now is your ticket. I really do because um, some people, you know, some people for whatever reasons are they're either laid off or they're um, you know they're not consistent. You know, they've got kids at home and they can't really focus a hundred percent. 
I really feel this is the time that in that kind of scenario, you can get your foot in the door. And it does feel like, like I said, a friend or a friend of a friend. And although that person might not know somebody, it could be to somebody who does. And because I yeah. do feel one or two, you know, steps away from you is mm-hmm. somebody who really needs help right now. You know, that whoever he had working for him, um, you know, is busy taking care of kids or taking care of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So you, it would position you to at least, because you can work remotely, you do have some free time. Um, I think it would position you to get, A, the experience and your foot in the door. So, you know, come, you know, summer or whenever it is that things get back to normal, or even if it's by the end of the year, you're going to have several months of experience on your, you know, plate. That's going to make it a lot easier for you to go if it's a bigger law firm or a more prominent law firm or whatever you want. But I keep on seeing you in court. So my gut feeling is there's, you know, I guess most legal cases, you know, could end up in court. But, um, did you ever think about that with litigation, like going into litigation law? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I'm just, just funny just to confirm with you when you was like uh, afraid of failure. I, I actually am waiting for my results. Well, it might be on hold for the bar exam, so I'm, I definitely want to pass. So I do mm-hmm. have a fear of failing, so I definitely want to yeah. use that. Yeah. But um, I'm open to it, like I'm open to doing litigation, but litigation could be, you know, fighting for people's rights, you know, and and, you know, different types of things. So as long as it's something, you know, positive, that's kind of like my personality or helping someone. So long as it's something like that. But, yeah, I definitely am open to being a litigator. I think I would be great at it. I'm a I do, person. too. Did you write under, you write under special <laughs> skills that you're the greatest guest on I on the future? Did you put that down? I would put that on my LinkedIn. Please yes, put yeah. that down because that will get you where you got to go. Thank you, thank you. Because that is really stance. Helpful. I mean, that is stance. If they need to call for a reference, I got you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And, if you and just that be like, board, we did private yeah. calls. You can let them know. I did private. I did a private talk before the show. <laughs> it's legit, and I got you. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but I'm just oh saying. Oh, my God. Because you were looking Katie, for it. I got Katie, you. Katie, yes. you said you want to help we were talking you real. Did. We were talking real. Continue. When you yeah. passed the bar, would you... Contact me on my website, ladyfontaine.com. Um, I need somebody who really wants to help people to help me with something. What state are you in? I'm in New York. I'm in New York. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Can you reach out I wanna, to me? Yeah, I, wanna, I definitely will. Like, I want to help people with startups. I want to help people, you know, everybody has a business and every, you know, I want to help people with startups. I can help people with branding, uh, trademarks. I want to help people in different, in so many different areas. So you can, well, you know, I've got a very different area that I need help. I need an attorney to just listen to me and I, we could barter. If you want to do coaching okay. with me, I'll help you work through all your fears of everything. If you'll help sure. me with this. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I'll definitely let you know once I get my results. So that's when you could give out legal advice. Like once you're admitted, you could give out legal right. advice. So right. I will let you know, but I would love that. All right. No, that would be great. So I wish you a lot of luck with everything. 
Keep in touch. Um, Thank you. Thank you. You know, work on when, you know, what I always tell my clients is um, when you're aware of what a fear is and when you feel it, you know, let's assume that, you know, you're sitting there so anxious about, you know, if if you're going to get the results, if you pass, Mm -hmm. what happens Mm -hmm. if you don't pass? Start asking yourself simple questions like, you know, well, how would that make you feel? Or why am I upset? Or why am I afraid? Or why does that scare me? Or, you know, what am I afraid of? And if you just keep on asking yourself why, 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 you might start getting some answers. And you might start being able to at least bring to the surface some things that you weren't aware of. Wow. Yes, I love that. I definitely will do that, and I'll, I'll check you out and go on your website. Thank you um, all so much. Thank oh, wait, you. Have wait, a beautiful wait, wait, night. Wait, 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 And congratulations <laughs> on being the best caller. I'm sorry. Thank so you. Thank you. Congratulations. What did she get? Did she get an award or something like for being she the best won Ryan's Ryan the best heart caller? award? She won my heart. Yeah. And I, I wish I could Thank take it out of my chest and give it to you, but I cannot because <laughs> it's in my chest. Thank but you. But knowing that it's half of it is to you, half of it's to me because I need to live. So half goes to you, half goes to me. My wife might be upset because she thought she had some of it. She doesn't. And his wife listens to the show, Katie. So. Yeah, she does. Thank I'm going to get ringed at the end of this call. Thanks. Yeah, I'm Bye. in trouble when, this, when the show when ends. The I'm in trouble. Over. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, when the call's <laughs> over, I'm in trouble. I'm sleeping on the couch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you got the other half. Just thank remember, you. Rang, thank 911. Thank you. I'm going to call 911 because she's going to kill me. <laughs> oh, good night. Thank you. All right. Hey, good night, thank guys. You. Thank, thank you for you. calling. Ryan, I do think you you are going to be in trouble. I'm I'm effed, to be honest with you. I'm effed. But uh, continue <laughs> your talk. We got another caller, and I'm, I'm talking to them. And we got 14 minutes. We got enough time to chat. All right, and and if we go, we can go a little bit longer if we need to. We can go a little bit longer. That's fine. All right, and you know we may have to do another show on inner child healing because yes, we I didn't do because they love it. Uh, yeah, and I didn't get to half of that. I didn't know they loved it that much. I was shocked. It's really valuable. It truly is. It is. So, yeah. all right, who's our next caller? I guess that's Pat. So let's bring um, her on. Oh, is he in another room? Oh, Hi, Pat. Have... Hi. Uh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hello. Hello. Um, <clears throat> hi. I um, said I'd like to ask about relationship, and of course that means love. Um, I haven't been attached to anyone for, I don't know, God, 40-something years, so I'm ready. But someone just, I'm going to let you choose. Someone just told me or kind of confirmed what I have had in my mind that this woman that lives in this apartment complex is after me with toxic energy. I'm going to let you pick either. I'm ready for a relationship after 40-something years, or this is also a relationship too. This this woman, it's, uh, it's so passive-aggressive, it's almost invisible. So I can't kind of confront her. Not sure right. what to do. All right, um, because that seems to be on your mind. I'm going to try to address both of them pretty quickly with you today. Um, could you give me the first name of the person? And if you have any hesitation, I'll take you into 
Oh, I can't because Ryan's in a yeah. private room. No, right. I, I don't I don't hesitate. Her name is Julia. Okay. okay. Or Julie, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, funny, I had a really bad experience with a Julie, too. So I'm trying to split my energy from <laughs> what I'm feeling in her energy. Um, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> okay, what really comes out very strong, my guides just gave it to me in a flash. Um Believe it or not, and you're, I don't believe you are going to believe it because you're not going to see it, but she's actually, the underlying premise of her um, toxic behavior is jealousy. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's no sense to what she's doing, and when you try and figure it out, then you go to, is it jealousy, you know? Yeah, it is. Just- it is. It is jealousy. I mean, my guides, uh, you know, plain and simple, it is jealousy. Um, you can't win. There's no way you can win with her in any way, shape, or form. Um, how are, are, Do you have to interact with her? Because it actually feels if you actually, you know, sort of, um, you know, were able to separate yourself emotionally and physically and draw that barrier and, you know, protect yourself and not you let know, her influence you. I, I did do that, and I thought I was doing well until one day I got in the elevator, and she got in, and so did another person. And she looked at me, and she said, hi, how are you doing? You know, as if, you know, in front of this other person. And I thought, oh, my God, the games that she's playing. So she's really, really vicious behind my back, but then she's going to make it look, you know, so I didn't know what to do. Well, I think, you know, in a, you know, you have to be smarter than her. And in a situation like that, you're just as sweet as nice, as sweet as, as sweet and nice as she is. But you know how evil she can be. Um, you could play the game better than she could play it. Even if you don't know you can do it, you can, but you don't have to. You know, in a situation like that, when you're thrown into, you know, uh, you know, public space with her, she wants to be nice. Hey, how are you? It's good to see you. You could play too. Let her think that you're buying into her games, but be smart enough to realize who she really is and what she is. And if, you, if you're able to do that, see what's happening, and you would be another perfect candidate for inner child work. Um, even the amount of time that you haven't had a relationship shows you a lot of um, blockages in your energy that would be great if you could work through. But, um, you know, if if you could find that that place, and Jim might be able to help you with this. Jim, what I feel she needs is Pat needs almost to be able to be more grounded, and she needs to be more um, more aware of herself. And I do think that work does that. But do you have any words of wisdom with the grounding? You know, there's a million different ways you could do it. But I, I feel she's not grounded, and I feel half of her problem is that, and the other half is she's not listening to her own intuition. So, um, and her own knowing. Do you have like a quick, um, this is, you know, words of this, wisdom that you could share? This is regarding to Julie. Um, this is well. I won't pat. Not necessarily with anything to do with Julie. Pat herself, I feel, needs to get grounded. So, what would be the best technique in the middle of the winter? I mean, if, if it's the summer, I would say find a pond, find a lake, 
mm-hmm. and go walk barefoot and and sit in the water, you know, with your yeah. feet in the water and your hands and your half of your body in the water and stay there. Um, but it has to be on on dirt, on ground, on you know, not in a pool where yeah. you really start drawing in the the you know nature and and the, uh-huh. the really the magnetic energy of the earth that would help so, ground. But so Pat, unless you're in Florida, that might not work. Pat, do you do you have any hematite jewelry? Um, hematite. I, what color is that? I think black. It's kind of a dark, dark gray, and it's usually magnetic. Oh, someone else recommended that. Uh, no, I don't have that. Okay, well, see if you can find some. Borrow some from a friend yeah. or something and and wear it with the understanding. And as every, every time you see it, think, this is grounding me. This is taking me. This is rooting me to the earth. And once in a while, you can actually hold it with your hand and feel like tree roots growing from your feet down into the earth and yeah. connecting to the rocks that are there yeah. to really, really anchor you and give you a solid footing, even if when you're walking. But you know, if you ever see uh, uh, like some of the animations of the Ents from Tolkien, where they'd be walking and you can see the roots kind of gripping into the earth as they're walking. That's a really no, great image. No, but I can visualize that. Yeah, yeah, I can visualize that. And. So if you can if you can pull up an image like that and, and really associate that anchor that into the the, uh, the the bracelet or whatever it is usually it's a bracelet uh, they're not okay. very expensive and and it's such a good meditation it's such a good tool for it because hematite is really a, a very earthy type of crystal type of a mineral okay I want to also address with Pat um, your relationship with you. And I do agree with Jim very much on being able to, um, you know, imagine, you know, roots from the bottom of your feet. I think that's a wonderful, um, you know, way to sort of ground yourself. With relationships, you're your own worst enemy. Um, you there's a part of you that really wants relationships, even like friendships, it feels like to me, but it feels like you, you keep yourself in this very safe space. Um, and you don't allow yourself that far outside of yourself, your, your space. And I also feel with relationships that um, you're not, um, either you're not looking in the right place or you're not looking. You know, it's almost like, yeah, I want a relationship, but why is he showing up in my door? Um, you know, and, and he's not, because I don't see you putting yourself out there in the right places. You might be putting yourself out there, which even to me comes through a little bit iffy, but not in the right places. And I do feel there's a, you might not even be aware of it, but there's a protective shield around you um, that's keeping people out. Um, so, you know, I would say the best thing for you, the topic today is inner child work, and we're probably going to be extending this to another show so we could talk about it more. Try to listen in and really start hearing what we're saying and um, doing some of the work that we're suggesting, because I really do feel the stronger your connection is with you and the more you trust and believe in you. Right now, it's like you let a lot of things shake you that are external to you. And I feel, um, you know, in, in lieu of that, you're not in a position where you let yourself be 
you know, open to really relationships. So I feel in a way, like I said, you're your own worst enemy with that. Okay. Can you hear me or have I been muted? No. No, I, you're I, on. I can hear you. Okay. Um, that's all good advice. And, yeah, I've been doing a lot of healing, and I'm kind of coming to the point now where I can go out into the world. So I, I have kept myself away. Um, it's really hard to hear you. I'm going to have to go back in the archives, but um, can I just ask this? This woman, um, this is her own stuff, and it's so passive-aggressive and so toxic. I just want to find a way to kind of push her back and make her stop. You're allowing her to uh, control you and affect you. You can't do anything. None of us could do anything to control another person. Um, okay. The only person we have control over is ourselves. So if you okay. shift your energy to not to understanding why she bothers you so much, why you let her bother you so much, and that would be just like I had said to um, if it was either Katie or, or Carla earlier about asking yourself why. Why does she bother me? Why do I respond this way? Why does it affect me the way it does? A lot of the issues will start coming to the surface, and, and those are the things that you need to work on. Um, I feel the more you do that, you can't necessarily make her go away, but she won't push your buttons. And you could sit right next to her and be laughing to yourself, and she won't okay. affect you at all. Okay. All right? Okay. Yeah, thank you so much, all of oh, you. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right, who do we have here? Is Ryan checking on someone or what? I'm no. here. I got... I got a coronavirus uh, question. Ooh. All right. Okay, let's throw them on. Hello, right. sir. Hello. Hello. That's Hi. Last coronavirus really question. Call. How are you doing? Hi, who am I speaking with? Answer it. Who am I speaking with? Yes. What's your first name? Tariq. Tariq. Yes, ah, right. What an interesting yeah, name. I love oh, that thank name. thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm from All the city. Right. I'm good. There's a lot going on down here, you know. A lot of craziness with the coronavirus. How are you guys doing? Uh, it's, good? You know, yeah, uh, it's tough. This is a tough time for everyone. It really is. So what's going on in your, you know, in your life right now? What, what do you need help with? So I have a vice call. So I was wondering, I'm like, I mean, I've been with this new girl, relatively new, around I say a year and some some uh, some. I was also one. I was like, she's getting cold. She's getting really sick. I, she's showing a lot of symptoms, let's just say, of such coronavirus. I didn't take it seriously, but I was just wondering. I mean, like, if she does have the coronavirus, if she does have the virus, should I stay? Should I be around? Should I? I don't know. It's not just. This is very. I don't know. Will she understand? Do you think she would understand if if I leave her because she has a coronavirus? I'm not sure. Well, well you know, I right go. now we should really not be close with anybody. And if you are with somebody who has coronavirus, um, you know, or even sick right now, 
Um, you know, I think eventually most of us are going to get it, you know, and the only way that we have a chance, especially if you're in the city, I mean, you know, our only chance of not getting it. I mean, I live in a very rural area. I'm not saying I'm not going to get it. And I'm not saying that it's not going to hit everywhere around me, but you know, when you're in the, when you're in the city or you're with a lot of people, your chances are going to be greater. A lot of people, you know, as, you know, Jim was saying earlier, and if you check the CDC, you know, some people, you know, have their, you might, you might have coronavirus yourself and not be having any symptoms. So try not to be afraid right now. I mean, I think we all are, and I think Jim would be a more, um, you know, soothing influence as far as not being afraid, but you know, I don't think because someone has, or you might be afraid someone has coronavirus. I think the worst thing to do right now is to go out and, you know, meet other people or anything like that because you've been exposed and she might be contagious. Um, right, I'm not right. able to diagnose it's against the law for a psychic, especially over there, to be able to diagnose it. So I can't say for sure if she has it. Clearly, she's got something, even if she has the flu. Um, clearly she's dealing with some symptoms. Um, right. You know, I, I, the best thing to do is for her to get to a doctor and let them make an official diagnosis. And then if she has it, um, she will be, you know, you will, you and her would be quarantined. And we all should be quarantined right now, you know, through this period of time. Like, are you, are you keeping yourself inside or are you wandering all around? I'm kind of wondering, you know, because I didn't take it seriously at first, you know, but I've noticed that she has the symptoms, so now I'm taking it more seriously. She's more really touchy-feely. I'm just, we're not really serious, just to say that. Um, we're not exclusive, but um, I've been talking to her, but I'm just wondering, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I should take this, take her seriously if she has this virus. Maybe I should back off for a moment. Um, but now that I see it, probably see it firsthand. She probably does have it. Maybe I should, um, you know, quarantine myself. Well, I think that's probably the smartest thing to do. You know, there was a doctor on TV today who said the best bet is to assume everybody and everything has coronavirus. She said, and she did, I do the same thing that she does. I, I didn't get it from her. I thought I was the only one in the world who did it. If I get a package, I leave it outside. I Lysol it outside. I open it outside. I disinfected it outside, and then I bring it in. I'm, like, super cautious about everything, and that's because I'm a 9-11 survivor, and I have breathing mm-hmm. issues. And I can't afford to get sick because I might not make it, you know. So so I'm super, super cautious with it. But, you know, the average person, I think, that deals with um, coronavirus, you know, doesn't have as severe. I mean, some do, but some don't. And honestly, I don't think if someone's sick is a reason to leave them. See, what I feel in your energy, you're using that as an excuse because, you're not really that attached to her anyhow. So, you know, that's an excuse. Yet you're wondering, you know, is this the time because should you, you know, um, quarantine yourself? And I actually think we should all be quarantining ourselves. And if you're in contact with anybody who has any symptoms right now, 
to be on the safe side because how many cases are there in New York City as of today? Close to 5,000, wasn't there? It like shot up overnight. Um, You know, do you want to be the one spreading it to everybody? So I think for right now to be on the safe side, based on everything that I'm hearing, um, you should quarantine yourself for a couple of weeks. And if it's possible for you or her, to get to the doctor to get properly diagnosed. But as far as a relationship, I don't think you're emotionally or even that physically attached to her. I think it's a convenience, and you probably like her on some level, but, mm-hmm. you know, it feels very, to me, it feels very nonchalant, very incidental. And I don't feel, even when you talk about, is this the time for me to leave her and walk away, I don't feel an emotional connection. I just feel, you know, well, is that the right thing that I should do right now? Um, right, Jim, right. do you have any thoughts on it as far as, you know, facts? Because you're you're big on the, the CDC facts. Yeah, so how old are you, Tariq? I'm 24. 24? Okay, so you're in a really low, uh, low risk group compared with uh, me, who is 67. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you... And your friend is also probably pretty young, right? Yeah, she's like 17, around your, your friend 31. is 31? Okay. Yeah, um, like older one. So, right? Yeah, that's fine. Um, it, the, the story that we're getting is that you should just try and stay six feet away from anybody, especially somebody you think might have any kind of symptoms, because six feet away is a safe distance. So that might be by, all by itself enough information for you to know what you should or shouldn't do is regarding to this person, you know, um, um, you might find, well, you know, she, she's got symptoms and then yes, I would recommend that she gets, gets herself tested to see if it's coronavirus just so that she can know. And then she can kind of think back on all the people that she's gotten near and, uh, and, uh, and maybe can contact them and let them know that they've been exposed. Well, like, I think probably once, if she was diagnosed with it, probably that's part of their, you know, process to figure out everybody that either one of them has been exposed to. Yeah, it could be. I would think. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen anything about the procedure. If, if they find, uh, uh, find someone who's got some, uh, sorry, who's, who's been uh, tested and, and confirmed. Yeah, well, uh, Cause they, they, don't, know they don't publish that. Spread. That's how yeah, they know if it's, spread versus somebody who traveled from, you know, Italy or, you know, China or somewhere else. Yeah, but I'm just saying I I don't know if they're still doing it to that level because it's getting to a point where it's going to be prohibitive. Yeah. You know, if we're up to 5,000 people now, it gets kind of crazy. And probably by tomorrow, it's double that. Probably. It spreads very quickly. All right. So what I'm getting is fuck this bitch. Okay. But more importantly, don't use the coronavirus as a reason to stay. I really feel in your heart you're over it. All right. So we're um, is Ryan around? Yeah. I'm around. All right. So that is the end of the show. We've gone over a little bit, but I on the future, by all means, this show has been fantastic. Nonstop entertainment. That's how we roll. <laughs> and answers have been answered. I mean, everybody calls, and when I'm talking to them privately, they want the answer. And let me tell you, they done got it. So 
I'm okay. happy. I think everybody else is happy. Can't wait for the next show because I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, I think because I I have so much more, and I think you do as well, Jim, on inner child sure. healing. Yeah. You want to do definitely for the inner child. Yeah. yeah, let's let's do let's spill it over into our next. We can do a part two. Yeah. All right, because I I just think this is because I want to talk about my inner child. I think that's that's just me on this one. I well, think your child is. I feel I have a weird inner child, and it's not talked <laughs> about. And I feel like with the callers, I'm talking about my inner child more with them, and I want you guys to know about my inner child. That's what I'd me. like to do with you, Ryan, is have a session with you before we do the next show, so okay. we can. <laughs> you're going to be more more in line with what it is and how. Yeah, it works. I had no idea, but. It seems like there's a deep, there's like inside of me and my brain and my heart, there's an inner child, and we need to talk about it. That's just me. Yes. So this way we could sort of open the door. We could open the door. And actually, if you're open to it, live on the air on our next show, we could work through the some issues. Unlocked. We could work through some of your issues. Yeah, the you door's unlocked. I didn't know it had issues. And, I know. I'm going gonna to leave everything unlocked, <laughs> and you can come on in, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say to you. Even if you don't know you have the issues, I'll help I you identify them. You know, yeah, I and, might have issues, and I, I didn't know about it, but I'm, right. again, I'm, I'm going to leave all the doors unlocked, and you can come on in. And <laughs> right on the air, you know, I mean, the past few weeks we've had some – this week we have wonderful callers. I'm so grateful for all of the – Everything was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were phenomenal tonight. They really were in the past. You know, the past couple of weeks we've had um, some very hey, weirdos. Yeah, we didn't well, have any we weirdos had- tonight. We had great ones. We didn't have any weirdos. <laughs> no, we had some really great callers tonight. Um, a lot of so- coronavirus. A lot of real deal careers. We had it all. No weirdos. And so hey, but weirdos, come show. on in. We're available. Right. You know. So the next show, we don't want the weirdos unless they happen to call. An uh, occasional weirdo, you know, you got to let them all in. The door's always open. You just got to knock, you know. Right. And, you know, there. who knows, there could be some um, valuable information that we can impart to some of these people. And that's what For this sure. show is all about. You know, we, we are here to help. We're here to answer your questions. And I hope that Ryan takes you out and breath. Ryan on the side is a stand-up comic or comedian. And, um, presents.com on YouTube, by all means. Yeah, go to town. Yeah. Um, I don't know that you um, uh, are, are going to be able to go anywhere for the next several months, but you do regular shows in the New York area, don't you? I do, yeah, for sure. Do you want to you give yourself a plug? Not that you have any shows coming up. But you no be- shows coming up because everybody's locked in, but DTBpresents.com right. on YouTube, you will find me, and I got like 240 videos for you to enjoy. And wow. And I get a giggle on it. For sure. Wow. Yes. Well, you're certainly the, the, you know, you bring a lighter air to the show, which is great. And I know the callers love you. So I'm very grateful. You know, I try to be real. You know, that's all we can do. Now, so next, next. But show, I want Jim to shove me with needles, and I want to talk about it later. But that's for another episode. Well, you, don't, you don't live too far away from me. I don't, and I want needles in my body, and I don't 
but I don't at the same time. But I think if you uh-huh. do it, it might be pleasurable. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be pleasurable. Yeah. I don't know, but it should be great. My wife loves needles in her like face and her legs and her body. I don't know how it's possible. If if but if Jim, I give if you anybody a, can do it, it is you. If I give you a, a feel good, relaxed treatment, you will know, and it'll feel you very pleasurable. Me and I feel fantastic. Uh, my mind mm-hmm. is blown. That's where it is. Yep, there it is. And the other thing, like she could work with you with inner child stuff, but when we you sure. and I do with. Into, I want to work with where some of this anxiety and panic attacks is coming from because I oh, bet yeah. we uncover certain things, that stuff will start to subside. Definitely. Yep. That's usually so, what happens. Yeah. So on that note. Um, Another great show thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings and Namaste. Good night, all.